0: Welcome to Farming the Depths of an Eternal, uh, a constructed podcast all about brewing. Uh, this week, though, uh, with the new set coming out, I thought we would do something a little different. You know, this is probably a first for this podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about draft. So in order to help me do that, because I'm clearly not an expert on this as a constructed podcast host, brought on uh, Tempest Dragon King to explain to me... Uh, how Draft works, and maybe uh, about the new set and this preview event that's currently happening. So uh, thank you for coming on, Tempest Dragon.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so this will be a little different. People probably aren't used to this, so uh, hopefully uh, no one stops Yeah, we're treading
1: new ground here. (laughs) Exactly. Talking about Draft.
0: I know, I know. Um, but uh long time listeners don't get upset. Uh, straight will be back, I'm sure. but uh, we might uh, <laughs> we might have a re- recurring segment of draft though in the future, uh, especially with this new set coming out. And uh yeah, let's get right into it. So uh, like I like I said, a uh, new set coming out, it's called behemoths of Thera and uh, right now the draft event or preview event is going on where, They've totally switched up draft. It's now four draft packs, and in those draft packs are cards from all over the place. There's a lot of Cold Hunt cards still in there. There's a lot of Unleashed cards in there. There's uh, 30-plus of these new Behemoth of Thera cards, and it's the Wild West, especially because, as with all new formats, it seems like there are some amount of bot packs being passed,
1: and... That's proven with some last picks. Yes.
0: and Tenters.
1: Uh, we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, and there's been a lot of, you know, uh, not rares so much anymore, but a lot of high-powered uncommons uh, going very late. Um, so the, this episode, uh, what we're going to do is just kind of talk about the new mechanics, the returning mechanics, um, a couple of the cycles to maybe help us get a better grasp of what this format's looking to shape up like, and then, uh, maybe some interesting cards and maybe talk a little bit sprinkled in there about this, uh, draft preview event.
1: Impressive that we already have faction graphs for this format. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, the first, uh, new mechanic is hunt. And, um, Hunt is an ability that so far is on some units and spells. And what you do is it's hunt plus a number. And so, uh, when you hunt, you look at the top card of the opponent's deck, and then if it is a non-power card, the unit that hunted gets plus one plus one. And if it is a power card, uh, you gain an you draw a card called an advantage which is really just a, a power burst. So it gives you plus 1 power for the turn and then it has a new keyword ability called swift, which means it doesn't have a response window, so it can't be responded to. Um,
1: so far advantage is the only card with swift, yeah. thankfully.
0: Yes, that we've seen. And I think they added that just so just to, as a quality of life thing. So there weren't quite so many response windows with Mm-hmm. so many swift to- or uh, advantage cards being played, possibly. And then uh, that card that you looked at uh, goes to the opponent's void.
1: Um, yeah. It gets discarded.
0: Yeah, so uh, the an example card of this is there's a shadow common called Unyielding Tusker, which is a three-shadow, three-two uh, beast. And then this has a reoccurring hunt, which is pretty interesting. It says pay for to hunt one. And so you can, you know, you can do this multiple times, so it's not even limited to once per turn. And so you can grow this or gain uh, these advantage cards uh, each turn with this Unyielding Tusker. Uh, another one that seems to be a pretty, looks to be a pretty good card and sort of the, uh, the time, uh, what's it The time beater of C- this format. Cautious Mantis.
1: Yes. It's called it's a ter- It's like a Terra Yes,
0: exactly. It's a five cost, uh, single time influence. It's a four, four, but it has summon hunt two. So uh, it has the possibility of being a six, six, a five, five with a, with an advantage card or two or a four, four, but you can ramp twice, which is, uh, might seem not that helpful, uh, when you're already at five power, But this set also does include um, a lot of expensive activated abilities as well Mm -hmm. as ultimates, as well as the fact that uh, we don't quite know how the draft format, the, the setup of the draft format, but we're assuming that it's going to be Thera and Unleashed. And so you will still have a bunch of the Unleashed cards to make use of gaining extra power to play more cards.
1: Yeah. And as a note, if you want two power from their deck, uh, you don't get two advantage cards. It's just that that the one advantage card ramps you for two power. Okay,
0: yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up and have figured that out, um, because that actually happened against me today, and I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why my opponent's advantage card gave them plus two max power. I was like, is there a unit that, that, but no. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, And some quick statistics uh, to get a sense of how these will work is um, assuming you have 18 power, so or your opponent has 18 power, so 40% of their deck is power, um, your chance of getting advantage twice is 16%. Your chance of getting the double plus one plus one counters is 36%, and your chance of getting one of each is 48%. So if you're assuming the double advantage is kind of like the width, uh, which is not always the case, uh, you know, you're know, you pretty likely to get at least one plus one plus one counter on your unit.
1: You're also pretty likely to get one advantage.
0: Yes. Um, so, how have these played out uh, so far in, in the drafts? How has Hunt felt?
1: Uh, so, Cautious Mantis has been pretty dang good. Unyielding Tusker, less, So. <laughs>
0: yes. No, I... Yes, I agree that. Unyielding, Unyielding Tusker.
1: Tusker is a far cry from, like, Shadowlands Bone Picker.
0: Yeah, it's not a super great card. But, I mean, in general, uh, you know, there's yeah I think hunts,
1: ha- hunts felt good yeah and it has a sweet animation
0: it does it's a surprisingly uh yeah uh yeah elaborate a surprisingly elaborate animation uh i, I, yeah. I feel like
1: uh yeah i, I love elaborate <laughs> animations
0: you know i think people were a little worried about the random chance with the hunt mechanic but i think the fact that Both options are more or less a positive and one is way more likely than the other. Uh, Makes it play pretty well and sort of gives you a pretty good idea of what you can expect. So it's been um, playing pretty well, in my opinion. The one interesting thing, and it's unclear to me whether this is intended or a bug, is based on... How eternal mechanics have worked so far, uh, because hunt interacts with your opponent and your opponent's uh, deck and void, you would kind of expect there to be a response window when you hunt, uh, but right now there is not. Um, so yeah,
1: so I think that's a quality of life thing.
0: Yes, so that so that'll be the question whether that's a quality of life because that is actually a big buff. For the card, so um, we'll talk about a card later. Yeah. There's like there's a three damage fast spell in this um, in uh, in this set, and so there are some cards that are say like a a four cost three three with hunt two. There's an, a time uncommon that's like that. You would expect yep. that when you played that, you would get a response window to kill it before it grows, but currently. As soon as you play it, it does the hunt, grows, and then you kind of get a response
1: window. Yeah. Um, There's also one other thing about it. Hunting is blocked by face Aegis.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I hadn't come uh, come upon that interaction yet. So I was kind of wondering, since there is no response window, whether Aegis would still block it. But it seems like Aegis does.
1: That's a unique thing that we haven't come up to yet in eternal. Uh, Unrespondable things that are still blocked by face ages. Yes.
0: Alright, so that's the first uh, new mechanic that's been revealed so far. Uh, The second new mechanic is a pretty interesting one called Versatile, or Versatile. Um, And uh, Versatile Mm -hmm. is on Relic weapons, and Mm -hmm. what it does is it allows you to play that weapon as a relic weapon or a regular unit uh, attachment weapon. And so a simple example of this is there is a fire common called Mantis Claw, which is a three fire, three one uh, with relic weapon with versatile. And so you can either play that as a three cost, uh, three one relic weapon or an attachment that gives plus three attack, plus one uh, health. Uh, another pretty strong common um, it has felt so far to me is uh, a card called Hive Stinger, which uh, is, I think, the first Mono Time Relic Weapon. And it is a...
1: Th- I think it is, yeah. Time I- has never had... Mono Time has never had a Relic Weapon before now. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to get excited for.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a, you know time's first opportunity to get some damage-based removal. Um, hmm. And it's a three-cost, um, a three-time, two-one yeah. relic weapon with versatile. And then it says when the wielder attacks, you gain four life. And the when the wielder attacks, that can be you using it as a relic weapon or the unit. That it's attached to attacking uh, depending on what will
1: uh, used. That sort of thing is especially good to stick on like a flyer on or an unblockable unit to just <laughs> yes. get in there.
0: And uh, so it, it almost it's almost like it gives it lifesteal, except it's kind of limited. So if you play it on like a one one, then you're actually it's better than lifesteal. <clears throat> But then uh, it doesn't scale with the unit like uh, Lifesteal was.
1: There there was a versatile weapon, Spoiled, that has Lifesteal. So if you want the actual Lifesteal, there's a thing for that too.
0: Yes. And so uh, this card has played really great. Um, you know, just like uh, Unleashed, there are a lot of pretty good flyers. There's a bunch of Aegis flyers uh, still in this uh, um in this preview event, and so it has felt pretty good putting this on, um, oh gosh, being a constructed podcast host, I've now forgot the names of <laughs> uh,
1: uh, Storm Peak Eagle? Yeah, or, uh, and
0: Glider, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
1: Ice Glider. So, I haven't seen it on Ice Glider so much. Uh, I,
0: I, I won a game uh, today with it, <laughs>
1: putting it on Ice yeah.
0: Glider, and then buffing it, the Ice Glider
1: another way. You know, just, I've actually seen it on Ice Insect swarm a fair bit. People mm-hmm. are still playing that thing. Yeah,
0: and I think, um, yeah, that is... I, I don't know how you've played more games of this uh, preview
1: format, uh, but... Hive Stinger, I think, is alright. I end up cutting it for one reason or another just because the playables in this preview format feel very strong.
0: Yes, agreed. This is especially this preview format is totally different than what we've been unle- with used to with Unleash where
1: we have four packs of Cold Hunt <laughs> and and Bahemu's Sarah. Yeah. Like so we have a lot of playables.
0: Like literally I did a draft today. Where I was like, okay, okay, you know, I'm, like, a little tight on cards, on playables here, but I think I got this. As I was drafting, I was kind of, like, making my deck, and I was like, but this is a pretty good deck. And then I, like, did my last pick of the pack, and then it turned out I was only on pack three, and I had a whole nother pack to go. (laughs) I
1: (laughs) I know Cass was in that exact situation, too. And I, was, and I think even I was surprised my first time. Oh, it's my third pack. Yeah. I have a deck already. I
0: know. It was crazy. I was like,
1: what is going on? I'm like, this I, is- a, I guess I have 37 playables time to cut from them.
0: Yeah. So uh so it's been, <laughs> I, I will say deck building and figuring out what to cut has been pretty tough in this uh format. And I know this sometimes happens in these preview events, uh, but it does really seem like the behemoth cards are pretty powerful, so I think we are going to have uh, a lot of playables, uh, a lot more playables. I think
1: that I think this may have been maybe some of the toughest deck building that we're going to have, even. Yes. It's only going to get harder when the inscribe mechanics mostly removed. Yes.
0: And I do think it will be interesting because we don't really know what the draft format, like how they're going to do the draft format. You know, in Unleash, they kind of did this, like, um, Unleash, Unleash, Cold Hunt, Unleashed. And so we don't know if it's going to be 3, Thera, 1, Unleashed, or it's going to be 2 and 2, or what's going to happen. And so, like, if it's 2 and 2, you know, then it's not going to be as you know, you know we will still then struggle a, a little bit i imagine with playables to some extent. Uh
1: it it might not even it might not even be two unleashed packs for all we know. It could be just two draft packs.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: And the unleashed cards are just stuffed in there. Yeah. All Speaking right. Speaking of stuffed in there. Yeah, there's you returning mechanics.
0: Yeah, a surprising number of returning mechanics. And we don't really know how many of each of these they will be or how supported they will be, but-
1: uh, uh, Not to throw shade on the returning mechanics, of course. But uh,
0: the first one is markets are back. So there is a, a cycle of uncommon markets. Uh, they each have the same text, except for what color they can draw from your market. Uh, so the time one is called Hive Delivery, and it's a two-cost fast spell, single time. And it, it says, draw a time card from That's your right. market. At the end of the turn, if you didn't play it, put it into the top five cards of your deck, then draw a card.
1: These are great. I've heard people think somebody the other. The other uncommon cycle from Behemoths of Sarah are the best uncommons from the set. I think these are the best uncomments from the set. It's just wonderful being able to snag whatever you want at fast speed from the market.
0: Yes. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I do think like a market's value really depends a little bit on the... I mean, um, clearly on how strong the market card is itself, but also how many playables you get. And like I could imagine in Unleashed, if there were market cards, they would not be as good necessarily because you just sometimes struggled to even get your 27 to 30 playables. Um, But yeah. In this set, at least currently, they seem like they could be quite powerful because, like you said, sometimes you really struggled. And and what's really interesting with these delivery cards is as a two-cost um, fast spell, uh, they they always replace themselves. And these aren't like your other market cards where you have to put a card into the market. Th- these are more like uh, broker where you yeah. where you just pick a card from your market and draw it and then if you don't play it you just draw a card from your deck and so you're
1: or bargain cards where you just flat out play it from the market with a condition
0: right exactly so so these cards aren't card disadvantage ever they always replace themselves uh, for so at, at at worst they're sort of um, a fast speed both fast and slow speed, uh, treasure in that there are two costs replace themselves. Um, but the other thing is also sort of worst case scenario. They're kind of like just that the relic cycle from, uh, unleashed hours. Cause you can put a, a sigil, uh, or power into your market. And so like the hive delivery can just be two cost draw, um, draw a time sigil from your deck yeah from your market
1: and that's not terrible if you really need to get power markets have always been like that
0: exactly and so this really adds this flexibility where you know even if your market is just you know a a time sigil and like a seven or eight drop it can kind of do its job where If you draw it early, you're not going to clog up your hand with that that 8-drop that you put in your market. You're going to have just kind of like a really expensive time sigil. But then if you draw it late, you can just like turn
1: it into a big unit. Um, Also of note, it's not always just one big unit thanks to Unleashed making its mark. You can put an Unleashed unit in there and just stick it in the market, and then draw it. Exactly. So it could be two or even three big units.
0: Exactly. So uh, that's uh, pretty exciting. You know, it's been a few sets. Uh, I forget what set it was, but the last time we've really had uh, these are with the grafters.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that was was Empire of Glass. I think that was Empire of Glass.
0: Um, yeah so it's been a while since we've had markets and um, I think these will be maybe not as powerful as the grafters but uh, I think will be pretty interesting to play with
1: Uh, I think there's room for shenanigans here Yeah, not
0: as powerful as the shadow grafter
1: no vine (laughs) grafter is too good that's true Vine Grafter is one of the best market accesses we've ever had. Yes.
0: All right. Uh, Another returning mechanic, uh, pretty interesting, is Nightfall. Uh, An example unit that we have with Nightfall, uh, which shows kind of like another theme uh, that is in this set, which is uh, to draw two cards in your turn, is Twilight Lantern. It is uh, a two-fire, two-two common. Uh, it says Summon Nightfall. And then when you draw your second card in a turn, Twilight Lantern deals double damage this turn.
1: And what the Dusk Road cards wished they were.
0: Yes. So this is, uh, you know, a 2 power 2-2, two, two, totally fine unit in it, in and of itself. Um, it has a pretty aggressive um, ability in that it gets double damage, so it can attack as a 4-2. On it on your next turn because you'll with nightfall draw your second card, um, and then <clears throat> pretty interestingly is you know the fact that we'll see what other kind of cards have uh, this when you draw a second card. But nightfall, I think, as a mechanic, is pretty helpful for aggressive decks that are playing a mm-hmm. lot of their cheap cards and can run out of cards. And then you know if if your opponent has st- five cards in hand and you have zero cards in hand even you know nightfall is much better for you than it is for your opponent and so it's that's true pretty interesting that this is on the first card they previewed with nightfall is such an aggressive card
1: also it's a common so that it's going. you're going to see twilight lantern a lot if nightfall's good this set.
0: yes I mean probably even if it's not good, you'll just yeah, fire stuff when it's too
1: that, that rate is that rate is quite good. Yeah.
0: Uh, another nightfall card that they previewed is uh, a power and it's called Midnight Reprieve. This is an uncommon and it's depleted and it says gain an influence of your choice, nightfall.
1: Yeah. Uh, this one I don't think is as impressive. No, I... It's it's going to serve its purpose if he, in a nightfall list, but... Yes.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to me to see, like, what other... How much fixing there is in the format, because yeah. uh, they have... Uh, said that they're going to include the five silexes that aren't out which is a a rare dual power cycle but they haven't mentioned any common or uncommon uh dual power cards yet so midnight reprieve might just be not a great card but a card you have to play um just to you know just for splashes and stuff like that so we'll see
1: uh how good it is I don't know if I, I would say you have to play it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just an option. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be a good card, but I just wanted to mention it as one of the uh, few ways that to, to fix that they've spoiled uh, so
1: far at yeah. common or uncommon. <laughs> and hey, it could surprise us.
0: Exactly. All right. Uh, another returning mechanic is spellcraft. Uh, spellcraft is. Uh, an ability on it used to just be weapons but now it is on units where when you play the unit uh, you can play you can pay the additional spellcraft cost to play a spell Um, so it's kind of like a worse contract (laughs) where you can't you can't pay it off later you have to pay it at the time when you play the unit Um, a
1: worse contract yeah i think so right uh, contract... Uh, oh, right, you can pay over with contract, Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, they're not 100% compared... I mean, it's not, like, r- really an important comparison, but I was just kind of... Uh,
1: I, I see what you're getting at now. And, yeah, didn't really think about it that way.
0: Um, but... Uh, yeah, so the couple of the cards that they've shown so far, uh, they've shown uh, two uncommons. Uh, one is Young Blood Recruits, which is the uh, three Firefire fire four two. So pretty reasonable body for a three-cost unit. Uh, it has Overwhelm and then Spellcraft one, play Ruin, and Ruin is. Um, a card to destroy a uh, the fire card to destroy an attachment. And so it could be a three cost, four two with overwhelm, or a four cost, four two with overwhelm that destroys an attachment. Yep. Of which with uh That's... with versatile there could be a lot of.
1: Yeah, and not necessarily all on the opponent, but also on units. Yes exactly uh, and then so it's reasonable to say that you're going to see attachments all over the place
0: I think so so then uh, the other uh, another card that they showed is a justice unit it's a two cost uh, justice three two um, soldier and then spellcraft two play harmless question uh, so yeah so it can either be a two cost three two uh, with no text uh, which we've seen a lot. Or for four, um, harmless question stuns a unit. And so for four cost it can be a four cost three two that stuns a unit. Um which you know we've had cards like we have the the primal, the Yoten, the four cost three three that stuns a unit.
1: Yo's frost uh, and, yeah, Jurals Frost. And we've and we've also had uh that three Justice 2-2. Yeah, Covenant
0: Peacekeeper. And so this kind of... Covenant
1: Peacekeeper. And so that's a 3-cost
0: 2-2. So this is a a 2-cost 3-2 that doesn't stun or a 4-cost 3-2 that uh, stuns. And so it's like, it's actually, in a sense, worse rate than Covenant Peacekeeper. But it has the flexibility of when, you know... Uh, when you don't need to stun something, you can just play it on turn two
1: or whatever. So it's pretty... As an Argent Floyd soldier. Exactly. So not bad. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it's kind of interesting because it is an uncommon. So um, it seems like a little weak as an uncommon to me, but it might be maybe too strong as, an uncom- as a common. I don't know. I'm like... yeah. I know, like Covenant Peacekeeper is like a pretty good card, and but like the they, fact,
1: I think they were worried about there being Frostkin and Covenant Peacekeeper both at common in different sets. Yeah, they might have thought Justice would have too much stun power.
0: Yeah, then. very possible. Um. All right, and so yeah, those are like the uh, returning mechanics. A couple other things I wanted to mention sort of on uh, mechanics while we're on the mechanics Mm -hmm. is, you know, like we mentioned, one of the themes that there seems to be is this, like draw two cards in a turn. Another theme that seems pretty uh, prevalent uh, amongst the cards that they've previewed so far are cards that care about weapons and gaining weapons back from the void. So there's... An Uncommon, a Fire Uncommon, called uh, Steely Scavenger, which is a two-cost, two-two for a single fire influence with Valor. And then Tomb, draw each weapon that Steely Scavenger was wielding from your Void. So that this plays really well with uh, all the versatile units. You can, like, load up your Steely Scavenger and then um, redraw the units when it dies so you don't get two-for-one or three-for-one.
1: What a set to return Axe axe sharpener in huh yeah
0: yeah yeah we'll see um it'll be pretty interesting
1: isn't exactly axe sharpener since he has a point less of health and valor but you know yes yeah i think that's a good trade
0: yeah i I think it'll be pretty good the uh the next uh thing i want to go over is uh You know, we call these like the Signpost uh, Dual Faction Uncommons. Uh, Recently, they've been um, kind of putting these in every set. And uh, they're back here. We haven't seen all 10 yet, but I think it's pretty interesting to kind of go over these uh, to see maybe what the themes are for the different two-color factions that we have (coughs) so far. Um, So uh, I think to go along with this weapon theme, you'll see uh, we can start with uh rakano and the rakano kind of plays on this weapon theme it's uh not the best card but uh it's a three cost uh one fire one justice one one with war cry and then summon draw a weapon of your choice from the top seven cards of your deck and give it plus one plus one bottom the
1: rest no, oh, he seems pretty good if you have enough versatile weapons.
0: Right, exactly, and and that's the main thing I think to to pay attention uh, with this with this guy is that you know you can possibly get a deck with quite a lot of weapons because of uh, versatile versatile being allowing it to be a relic weapon or a weapon, but still you don't have to play some units so. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how good this is. And the fact that it's a 1-1 uh, just makes me a pretty pretty nervous to play a 3-cross-1-1. Uh,
1: it's no reconno flag bearer. Yeah. That guy does not replace himself. This guy does.
0: Yes, hopefully.
1: So I think it it compares all right to something like Blade... Yes. The two two corrupted.
0: Yes. Her. The four cost two two corrupted unit. Blade crafter. Yes.
1: That's the one. Yeah, I think I'd
0: rather have blade crafter, Tbh, but um. Yeah. This one a is little just. Bit. This one does replace itself, but it is giving me like
1: really big Elysian adept vibes. Uh, <laughs> Elysian adept wasn't a bad card.
0: You know, I it's mean,
1: just slow. Yeah, it's very slow
0: and very, you know, very. Let's uh, del- not very delicate, but very fragile, you know, fragile. Like if, yeah. You know, if, if um, the bows still want to be in this format, you know, playing this for three costs and then having your opponent kill this and another unit for one power seems like it'd be could be pretty painful. But we'll see. On
1: the other hand, you can get your own bow and take out a one-health unit and a two-health unit for 4 power. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. No, that would
0: be pretty sweet. I I agree with that. Um
1: all right, uh next
0: is let's do a uh, praxis. uh praxis isn't really showing a theme so much as just hitting you in the face in <laughs> in this set. Uh, It's card is Relentless Hair, and it is a rabbit, beast. Um, And it's 7 cost fire time. It's an 8-8 with charge, endurance, and overwhelm.
1: Very strong attack (laughs) coming right there. Very hard to deal with.
0: Very hard
1: to kill. Very big.
0: Blocks well. Hits hard. Wow. I like I very surprised. I mean 7 is obviously And it does it
1: immediately. Lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This affects the board immediately and helps stabilize you. Um so that's uh, pretty exciting. This would be a great use for uh, all your advantage um advantage power that you've got to uh you know play this out early.
1: Yeah. Both fire and time do seem to like haunt it. Exactly. So this is a natural End point to all that Haunting I've died to Relentless hair once And It's not pleasant
0: No <laughs> Agreed um,
1: Alright there's one
0: more uh, fire uh, Color pair that we have and that is Blurwing Raider which is the Three cost sky crag So fire primal 2-2 two two, flying Aegis When Blurwing Rider hits the enemy player, it hunts one. So, yeah, this is a pretty interesting card. I think when this was previewed, uh, this was before Versatile was, uh, previewed. And so this seemed like a pretty powerful card, um, because it has Aegis, so it's hard to kill with a spell. Um, it's flying, so it has evasion, and it can slowly grow because, uh, it can hunt one uh, every turn when it hits the enemy player or I, there's probably other shenanigans to cause it to be able to hit, you know, other ways. But uh, I do think it's stock has lowered a little bit considering all the relic weapons that are in this format.
1: I don't know. Blur wing Raiders still seems just nuts. Flying Aegis can win the game. Yes. Is just incredibly powerful. Yes. And it's a great target to put on versatile weapons itself. Exactly.
0: So it does go both ways. I do think the one tricky part is it is going to have that turn or two of vulnerability uh, where you just have to play it and then hope your opponent doesn't have any versatile weapons in hand.
1: Yeah. As a side note, this might mean that Geoden Runt's stocks have also lowered.
0: Yes, very possible. Um, That has not totally been my experience in this draft preview event where I've lost to several Geoden runs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But but I I agree. It's not going to stop people from playing him. It's not going to stop me from playing him. Yeah. But I think think that's a pretty interesting
0: comparison. And it's like, yes, Jotunrun's still probably definitely playable, even with so many Relic weapons and this too. uh, You know, because just the upside is there.
1: I think coming down a turn sooner is pretty important too. Yes. All
0: right, so now we can talk about some of the time ones. Uh, We have... Uh, The Cambrai one, Uh, so this is a three-cost Time Justice 2-3 Mistral Coordinator. Uh, When you attack with a unit with flying, it gets lifesteal this turn. Um, So this is uh, pretty interesting, because this is not maybe the color pair you would expect a flying theme to exist in.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'm intrigued by this as well. It seems like a card that works in some of those three to four faction greedy piles. Yes. In which you can have a lot of flyers. Yeah.
0: And what's pretty interesting uh, so far with the small amount of cards that have been previewed is time doesn't really seem to have any flying units per se. But it does have a few units that create a flying unit. Um another cycle. Oh yeah, bees. Yeah. So there is a theme of like these B tokens. Uh so there's like uh um they just previewed a card that's a three cost one one. Um, but on Summon it plays a two two B. And there's a couple other of these uh B cards around. So Ty- Oh,
1: so we are having guards. Go- wide strategies. Nice.
0: Yes. And, you know, because Unleashed is still here, you know, uh, Wasps uh, will be around and stuff. So they're... And they have previewed a whole bunch of Justice uh, flying
1: units. Oh, so. uh, yeah. And, of course, with a with a fire unit that fire fly... Fire unit that's a flyer that pays eight to buff all units attack by three. Of course, there's going to be a go wide theme. Yes. Somewhere in there.
0: So, so I think this can be pretty powerful. You know, so far this could potentially lead to a lot of life gain and uh, help you stabilize while you're attacking opponents down
1: with flying. So, seems yeah, like it could possibly life be steal and flying is a sick combination. Pretty good. Um, if you can turn it on, it seems great. All right. Uh,
0: Another time card uh, we have is the Xenon card, and that is a a two-cost fast spell for time and shadow called Recovery. It says, put one of your units into your hand and draw a unit from your void. Uh, So this is a pretty interesting spell to me because on the (laughs) base of it, you like, well, this is very tempo negative because you have to put one of your units... On the, that's on the board that you paid for back into your hand in order to draw a unit from your void but once you realize like there's so many summons and ultimates and hunt in this set uh you know putting a unit back to re-hunt with it uh can actually almost be an advantage um hmm. advantage so, yeah <laughs> So I I think, um, you know, this does have more uses because it seems like just a really bad dark return at first. But if you're able to build a deck that can take advantage of that first clause, you know, it can potentially be more
1: powerful. I've been told this card was strong, but I think it's going to be fine. Yes, it's definitely synergy based for sure, and focused around those hunts and summon abilities.
0: Yeah, I mean like that beekeeper that I I just described, where it's a three cost one one that plays a two two. You know, if you play oh rec- yeah
1: two bees,
0: you play a recovery. You're getting you're you're keeping the two two on board. You're just putting the one one back into your hand. You're drawing a unit from your void, and then you can play. The beekeeper again that turn or next turn and then you know so you know i think there could possibly be something there even though you know there are some times where this is going to feel bad because you're not going to want to put a unit back in your hand but also the fact that this is a fast spell is also helpful because you can sort of wait till the end of your opponent's turn just put a unit back into your hand so after it's blocked or something or to like you know as an event advan- to use it kind of like we've used uh uh pull from duty uh you know where you block with a unit and then your opponent tries to kill it with like a a, sp- a damage spell or tries to hit it with a relic weapon and then you just put it back into your hand at fast speed draw a unit
1: from yeah your that's void, all- pretty nice.
0: Yeah, so there's definitely some possibilities for, for this spell after I thought about it more, even though my initial thought was, it seems kind of slow.
1: For sure. Well, and, and this might be a bit selfish of me uh, and a bit off topic, but I kind of want a transform card ever after hearing that there's a 3-mana 1-1 one, one that makes a B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, like i want a, to do stuff with that guy yeah like a open if yeah if, open
0: your eyes or or whatever
1: yeah stuff like that exactly that'd be sweet but
0: open your eyes is going away yeah well That's you never funny. know there's still the possibility of reprints
1: in this set. yeah it's possible
0: all right so uh we'll talk about some of the justice ones um there is Ranger Prodigy, which is a two-cost Huru card, so Justice Primal. It's a 2-2 and has Empower Hunt 1.
1: There's an obvious uh, parallel here. It's Awakened, Student. Exactly. This card's great. It is good. I do wonder uh,
0: what your thoughts are, because it does seem like this is in my mind, worse than Awakened Student.
1: It's on one hand worse, and on one hand, a lot better. Mm -hmm. Because this doesn't just grow, this gives you cards in your hand to discard. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, and we haven't really seen any cards... Um, that you want to discard for draft. I mean, I think in like constructed that's very possible. And also yeah. who knows if you want a ramp. I, I mean I think it's just gonna be powerful as a two power two mana two two that can grow. And we've had formats with Awakened Student where you know playing for Awakened Student was a great strategy. And I feel that will probably be true with uh range yeah. prodigy.
1: It, this is an uncommon though, so having four of it Unlikely. going to be less common than before.
0: Yes. Um yeah, another question uh I have is I I do wonder, you know, especially after we've seen a card like Recovery, how many more uh dark return style effects um there will be like Through the unknown, we're assuming will still be in the format because it's from unleashed, you know. So like hunt does have that kind of downside where your opponent can, you know, you can put like a card that your opponent wants to to through the unknown into their graveyard by hunting. Um, Yep. So that will be an interesting tension depending on how many of those effects exist
1: and some cards. Want to be discarded, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we have too many of those. Hexavore doesn't work when it's hunted into the void. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Ranger Prodigy. Good card. Agreed. Um, All right, then. I'd play three if I could.
0: Uh, The next uh, Justice card, we have an Argent Port card. It's another two cost uh, relic. And it's a two-cost Justice Shadow, and then it's called Ziat's Recruitment. And it says, at the end of your turn, if a non-soldier unit went to any void, play a 1-2 soldier with Aegis.
1: This can fill up the void... Fa- this could fill up the board fast if any of you hunt.
0: Exactly. So, you know... Um, yeah, so if you hunt and put a unit into your opponent's void... If one of your units dies, if one of your opponent's units die at the end of your turn, you're slowly growing the board with this. You know, it doesn't affect the board immediately, so it's not going to help you as a top deck per se, but yeah. as a as a two caught, it's cheap enough that it it's possible that, you know. You'll be able, to. but
1: but those soldiers that die do not create more soldiers. Yes, and it'll be interesting because there are
0: definitely some soldiers in the format, but there's also a lot of non-soldiers. So it'll be. Uh, I'm interested to see how this card plays. Um, I do think with all of the versatile weapons, you know, having even though a one-two soldier with Aegis is pretty small. Having Aegis is pretty great if you can put attachments and stuff on it, so
1: huh it's we don't have that many soldiers. we have a few, yes, and we don't really
0: know that what will happen once all of the commons and stuff are shown, but it doesn't seem like there are a ton. so I think yeah if if something goes if a unit goes to the void, it will often be a non-soldier. I think that's mainly there just to stop sort of unlimited recursion, where you just attack log the
1: board forever. Yeah, or
0: like just like you attack with your one two, it dies, and then that they don't want you to be able to attack with your one two to create another soldier. So they do, it doesn't yes. power itself.
1: Right, right. Um, that would just lead to a lot of problems in the future.
0: All right, For sure. And then uh, we have one more um, that's been revealed so far, and that's Mental Image, which is the film card. It is a four-cost spell, Primal Shadow. It says, uh, Mental Image, draw a card of your choice from the top four cards of your deck, and create and draw a copy of it. Bottom the rest.
1: Yeah, that seems pretty neat if you have a lot of big bomb cards, or if you want to play those cards. Exactly. It's I mean, it's pretty interesting,
0: because it digs four cards deep, which is quite a bit. Yeah. And so, it, it's like, I think it's it's more expensive than Wisdom of the Elders, but it's kind of like, you're drawing two cards for four, but it's your two best cards four cards deep. You know, so... Seems like sometimes
1: that card is a power, and you want to get to like six. Yeah. But sometimes that card is, those cards are, two Beatles. Yeah. You want to play Beatles? We'll get to the Beatles. Yeah. Very soon. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So
0: I think this is a pretty interesting card. Um. You know. Again, it doesn't affect the board, so it will depend a little bit on how. Fast the format is, whether you can spend poor power to just draw cards or not, because
1: uh, not every format supports that. Yeah, but I I think it's an interesting borderline. Yeah, this format might be just slow enough to for that thing to be worth it. Yes, I'm gonna guess this behemoth of Sarah is going to be an average paced format through yeah. and through.
0: I will say with how many powerful cards are running around right now, I don't I wouldn't necessarily want to spend 4 to draw two cards. I feel like I would
1: Yeah. Durbling can sometimes be dangerous. But we'll see once the the full format's out
0: how that changes. All right. Yeah. Uh, there's uh two more cycles I wanted to talk about. And uh the first one is uh the uncommon cycle. Uh there's an uncommon cycle a mono-colored cycle and each of them have Hunt 2 and a 7 cost ultimate and are four cost cards. Um they're also all beetles. And they're also all beetles um or insects as they're written. Title. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the the fire one is the granite beetle. Oh, it's yeah, it's It's those uh the the gemstones, though you know, we're so used to for each of the associated. Oh yeah, the colors.
1: gemstones, uh, the stones. Yeah, exactly.
0: So uh, the You're fire right. one is granite beetle. It's a four fire fire, so they're double influence. It's a two two, has charge, not super exciting yet, but summon hunt two, so it has the potential to be up to a four four charge for four, and then ultimate pay seven to deal six damage to the enemy player.
1: This deals so much damage on one card, it's frankly ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I had an opponent um, hit this uh, with that Stone Scar rare from the last set that gives your next unit... Freaking
1: plus... Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So then they double
0: hit, so it attacked me as a 9-4. <laughs> girl i know it's pretty bad but uh,
1: (laughs) um yeah so that's spooky
0: so yeah so this is you know you gotta think this is often attacking it's a four cost three three charge that ramps you one which helps you get to its ultimate um Mm -hmm. you know so i i it's good it's not like wowing me just yet i I think i need to see more uh for how it plays but
1: this isn't it's not all it's not always going to get in but when it does it's going to hurt
0: yes so i don't know if this is the strongest of the cycle but oh we'll see the next one i want to talk about is the time one this is amber beetle this is a four cost time time three three uh the only three three of the group that has overwhelm and summon hunt two Ultimate, pay seven to play a 2-2-B two, two with flying. So this is another card that plays one of these 2-2-B uh, two, two, uh, uh tokens. And so, yeah, so this is has the potential to be a 4-cost 5-5 five, five with overwhelm or a 4-cost... That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um Or it ramps you, which, you know, time often is a color that wants to ramp. So this one seems pretty powerful to me.
1: Yeah, time in particular wants... To be at five, to play cautious Mantis is a lot, too. So, that makes complete an sense. Yeah. Amber Beetle's gonna be often good, exactly. no matter which result it gets.
0: Yeah, and this is also a, the, a kind of card um where the ultimate... You know, it's not spectacular playing a 2-2 for seven. It's not like...
1: Also, a- it plays a B
0: yeah not a spectacular rate but you know like this is a card that if you got back with recovery then you play it again and now it went from like a five five to a seven seven and you got to play another b you know so like this is a kind of one of those cards where bouncing to your hand you can get extra value or bringing it back from the void pretty happy yeah with that. All right, the justice is uh, Emerald B. That's a four justice. Justice two two has valor, uh, summon hunt two, and then ultimate pay seven to gain seven armor.
1: Yeah, this one seems like the worst of the bunch, but it still is pretty dang good. Yeah, I, yeah. personal weapons are can get pretty nasty with a. Big set of armor. Yeah,
0: I haven't seen that happen yet, but that seems like what they were thinking with its ultimate ability. It seems like I
1: think we'll, I think we'll see that a lot more in the format proper. Yeah,
0: it'll be it'll be interesting to see how much that comes up. I mean, I I do think with this card, you can never discount valor. Um, you yeah, because like obviously, like as a four cost two two, you're not that excited, but once you get up to a four cost four four with valor, it's kind of like that Combray card uh, that had valor. That was a Ah, uh,
1: yeah, like, him. Yeah.
0: That's just like uh, such a pain to block <laughs> once you get big enough stats with valor.
1: Was it Nobleman's Enforcer? Whatever. Yeah. His name doesn't matter. So, His stat line matters. Exactly. Alright,
0: next is a Cobalt Beetle. This is the Primal. It's a 4 Primal, Primal, 2-2. Has Berserk, Summon, Hunt 2, Ultimate, Pay 7 to draw 2 cards.
1: Surprising no one, Cobalt Beetle's the beetle that I played the most. I also swang too much with it. (laughs) It's kind of easy to say ooh, Berserk on an empty board, and just Swingless, like a 3 3. Yeah. Yeah. When really, you want to use that ultimate before it does so.
0: I know. It's kind of interesting because it's kind of like an aggressive ability and then a a super slow value ultimate. Um, But,
1: like, I think it would be very good if it had Aegis, but it has berserk instead. Mm-hmm. So I think it may have had Aegis and like playtesting or something but yeah. They deemed it too strong for draft.
0: So we'll see. I mean there are because of versatile uh, a lot of weapons and berserk plays really yeah. great with weapons. So I think it has a possibility but, to be pretty powerful. Um
1: Yeah, if you if you put a big versatile weapon on Cobalt Beal it just goes to town and ends the game right then and there. Exactly. Or very close to.
0: There's the Shadow Beetle, the Amethyst Beetle. It's a 4-Shadow-Shadow-2-2. It has Light Steal, Summon, Hunt 2, Ultimate, Pay 7 to give an enemy unit minus 3, minus 3. Oh, you can go.
1: This might be the ultimate that's most worth doing, because that just often kills a unit.
0: Yes. And lifesteal is a very strong ability. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, this is a pretty, I think, a pretty powerful card. All of these beetles, these are like one of the sets of cards that I mentioned where not having a response window on hunt really improves them uh, because most of them die to two damage fast spell um, if hunt did provide a response window. Um, so I think they would be a lot weaker or will be a lot weaker if that happens. but as it stands now, I, I think that makes them a lot more powerful.
1: I think hunt not having a response window is partly just a quality of life thing. Yeah,
0: not that it'll be in the format, but like, for example, if you paid played an amethyst Beetle and then in response you bullseyed it like that would feel.
1: Pretty really terrible, bad. yeah.
0: <laughs> Which you aren't able to do right now.
1: Yeah. Which makes them a lot I more powerful. I think that's an overall. I think that's overall a good thing, really. Yeah. You want your four drops to do stuff.
0: And then, so the fact that this has lifesteal, a great ability, and can kill a unit or shrink a unit, because it's a permanent. It's not even minus three, minus three for the turn. It's a permanent minus yeah, three, minus it's three forever. It's a pretty powerful ability.
1: Also you can copy the Amethyst beetle with like mantle image. Mm-hmm. Get two beetles. Yeah. Bring it That's... back from the
0: void.
1: Yeah, you it. could get serious value very quickly.
0: Yeah, grow it, it grows more, which is great on a life stealing it. Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty good. Uh there's another uh sort of cycle of cards uh that with an yeah. 8 cost activated ability that are at common um and kind of funnily these are also not gated to once per turn which they yeah often if you do. get
1: 16 power <laughs> you can do it twice
0: unlikely good
1: luck with that in draft i know
0: it's just very funny that they used to just more there are so few cards up until this point that allowed you to use their ability twice per turn and then all of a sudden they now have a whole cycle of commons where you can do it, but they cost eight. Uh, I find pretty funny. But yeah, uh, let's go through these. So the there's a fire one. It's a four cost fire, um, two three exile insect. It has flying, and then says pay eight to give your units plus three attack this turn. That's all yeah. your units. That is so much damage if you get the eight power. That is
1: so much damage. Such a reward for going wide. Yeah, this is what I was referring to when I saw there's a goal wide strategy that's set and yeah. yep here we are
0: exactly so that this one's pretty exciting to me um I think because like a four and the two, isn't three, even that bad it's not that bad yeah no I agree um not that bad um all right there is uh the time one is a two cost two two for a single time it has overwhelm. And then it has pay 8 to give Stonefist Nomad plus 6, plus 6 this turn.
1: This reminds me of a few other time cards. Namely, Spike-Tailed, Kieran. It doesn't uh, match up too well to that card, but that card's a premium common.
0: Yes, because that also supported a go-wide and cost 6 for its activated ability. Um, correct 8 is so much I mean this becomes an 8 8 overwhelm but also like yeah you spend 8 then you attack and then your opponent kills it and then you like feel really bad of having uh, spent 10 power <laughs> on this unit but I don't know
1: uh, it's she's fine
0: yeah yeah. I uh, mean I think as as a base rate 2 cost 2 2 I
1: think Totally fine. Yeah. Has overwhelmed um,
0: naturally. So again, with all the versatile
1: weapons, you know there might yeah. be something there. That's a good point. Uh, the ability just gives her teeth in later on, and time does like to ramp. So yeah. way later
0: on, way way. Eight is so. Yeah, much.
1: it's pretty late. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this works out. Eight is matches. so much. Um, but, it uh, does feel good when you do it. I have swung with eight. Yes. Um,
0: next is the justice card. It's Warren Tactician. It's a three-cost single justice three-one uh, soldier, and has life steal, and then pay eight to stun two enemy units. So I uh, know
1: some people that have really talked about up this card, but there's a few things. That make it less amazing and more just fine. First of all, one house. It's yeah. going to get pinged somehow. And it's a pretty high priority target. Yes. Since that activated ability is quite good.
0: Yes. And it has lifesteal, so you just want to get it off the board. No, I agree. Uh, there's... Um, you know, there's still bow possibly in the format. There's a lot of these yep. again, versus we keep talking about these, ver- I keep talking about these versatile weapons. It'll be interesting to see if they're,
1: yeah, there
0: is format, uh, warping and defining as I, I feel like they are, but you know, like
1: versatile weapons are just also removal. So exactly. So they deserve mentioning.
0: Yeah. So, you know, all the versatile weapons will be able to kill this, um, in a single hit. um,
1: uh watch there be a versatile weapon with zero attack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be funny.
0: But yeah, pay eight to stun two enemy it. units. Yeah, that's a good ability. Expensive, like I said, but uh you know, I, I still think it's probably we'll have to see about how much uh X1 hate there is, but um I'm going with it's probably an okay unit. Maybe not as great as some yeah. people think it is because I do think it's probably pretty
1: pretty fragile, but you know. Yeah, I think it's okay. Being it's able to attack each... definitely not embarrassing, Karan.
0: Yeah. If this trades off for something and gains you three life, I think it's it's done its job. So
1: I think you're reasonably happy with that exchange.
0: All right, then there's the primal one. Uh this is a three cost two three sparrow auger. And it has pay 8 to give your units flying this turn.
1: Having been finished by Flight Commander from Gauntlet in all places, I know how powerful giving your whole team flying for a turn can be. Yes. It's game ending. That being said, 3 mana 2-3 without flying. Not very impressive.
0: No, I like. I really feel like I'd rather have High Peak Rider, the yeah, the fire one, you know, because like that, it,
1: that at least has the stats of a rotor cycle yeah. and has an ability,
0: yeah. Like this one, I just feel like it's not even as great as a go wide card because, like, who cares if you give a bunch of one ones flying or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, like, this is going to be you, you good. do
1: care if you give your cautious mantis is flying though yes
0: exactly so i do think like if you you mix this up with time or something and they have some big beefy units it's gonna be pretty good but yeah i'm a little less excited with the base rate of this card
1: yeah i'm not too excited about this one but i cannot discount flying yeah i'm going to get destroyed by this card and i know it at least once this format. Probably in the double digits.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely be a card you lose to, I agree. Uh yeah, speaking of other cards you're not super excited about <laughs> as their base rate, uh, the shadow one is Leeching Viper, which is a six cost shadow unit. It's a 4-4 four four and says pay eight to deal four damage to the enemy player and gain four life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this serpent's slow, but it can end the game if left alone. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's kind of interesting. I mean, it has some amount of inevitability to it, a very expensive inevitability, but I think we're just going to have to see what the unit sizing is. You know, because it's like in this last format, besides for Terrazon, you're just like, oh, 4 4 blocks everything. You know, I mean, obviously, it's like, (laughs) you know, the inscribe, the primal inscribe card uh, from Cole. You
1: you own Spellhammer? Yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: that had Aegis. He had Aegis too. But you're just like, you put that down in this last format, and you're like, no one's ever attacking me again. This thing is huge.
1: (laughs) And then. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't think that, but it's like. I feel nice and protected. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, obviously, small
0: arms unit. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it just looks like the <laughs>
1: stuff in this. And previous... he says, "All oh, smart you what? you felt good." Exactly. So <laughs> you know, but it does seem
0: like so far we've seen cards that are bigger than this four-four, and so that makes me a little bit nervous about how how good a four-four is going to be.
1: Um, classic. I think this is at our f- first shadow serpent of note. Oh, cool. That, I think so. Yeah, I, I will They're not, starting to faction shift a little bit. I can't speak to that at all. But tiny note. Alright. But a
0: note nonetheless. Um Yeah, one last thing I wanted to talk about is uh some of the fixing that's been previewed. Has not been much. Uh, we mentioned Midnight Reprieve, um, which was the power, the depleted power card that has Nightfall. Another card that helps with fixing to some degree is a Rift Crystal, which is a two-cost colorless relic. It says summon, gain, and influence of your choice. And then when you play a non-power card of that faction, sacrifice Rift Crystal to draw a card. So it cycles <clears throat> itself.
1: So I may be one of the biggest believers in Rift Crystal out there. I think this card enables a lot of three and four faction decks. Hmm. Just gains influence. If you play a card, not even a single faction, but also a multi-faction card that this card's fix helping you fix towards, you draw a card for it. It replaces itself. And it has fixed the card you wanted to play for. Yes. So yeah, influence group much less likely to happen with Rift Crystal around if you play enough of them. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. I mean, I do see people's point where this is a little slow, and the argument that it's kind of
1: slow, that it's not
0: as good at. fixing your splash, because you have fewer splash cards in your deck, and so therefore, you're less likely to, you know, it's like, if you play this early, do you fix your splash color, and then what if you never draw your splash card or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, You could do that, or you could just, like, you have an Icicles in your hand, play this, play your, play rift crystal for your second primal and then play icicles and that cycles it yeah. doesn't even have to be a unit that you play
0: i know and that i did want to, uh, to highlight because it says it clearly on the card when you play a non-power yeah. card but i definitely surprised myself by uh i had played rift crystal and named time and then I uh, then on my opponent's turn, I played a stutter step and then drew a card and was very confused for a second.
1: <laughs> that does the trick too. Uh,
0: but yeah, so even a spell will trigger this, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and
1: uh, you know, there's like that
0: the double costed uncommon cycle, so this does help a lot with double costed cards. So you know, yes. if if there's more and more of those, I think Rift Crystals value goes up, and of course. <laughs> Uh, you know, we can't mention Rift Crystal without mentioning uh, Forensic Analyst, uh, one of the unleashed Yeah, enemies.
1: that son of a gun
0: Yeah, so you just play this, you name Justice, and then you play Forensic Analyst uh, You draw. He's West now Yeah, you draw a card, he turns into West uh, So it is a, a very powerful com- combo also, t-
1: also turns on Tinker Unionist Yes and so it's just like, well, it's weird
0: with Tinker Unionist.
1: You you specifically don't call justice.
0: <laughs> yes, you specifically don't call justice. I know, because I have a deck uh, with two of these and two Unionists, and it's 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 not it's a little more awkward than you'd hope it to be. But it does it is yeah. a relic.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Uh this deck this card is notably weak to draw as a top deck when you have no other cards in your hand. Yes. But especially cuz then but, you're really uh,
0: guessing on yeah. what color to pick
1: in your two faction deck. Yeah. Uh I typically just hold it in those cases. Uh But early game early games The flexibility of early game and allowing you to just play your cards without worrying how how expensive they are influence wise is pretty great. Yeah.
0: All right, and then uh, the final uh, section that I kind of wanted to um, classic cards I wanted to go over are cards that I found notable or interesting or interested me. so sort of the miscellaneous category uh the first one i think is i wanted to talk about was ignite which is the one fire fire fast spell um and that just says deal three damage to a unit uh so this is kind of like a you know a fixed torch we now have torches back to fast speed this can't deal damage to face and it's double fire so it's very unlikely that you're going to play it. yeah um turn one obviously but I uh, and I mean, this seems like a powerful spell. It's a little unclear to me uh how good this is going to be because right now it feels
1: like things are pretty big um I think this is going to be pretty good. It's y- not in the format yet, but I think it's going to be pretty good, even with all the things haunting. Yes, there are plenty of two three even four drops you want to remove with ignite yes
0: you know another interesting thing uh, about this card in this format again with versatile units you know when you do play them as a relic weapon this does not interact with them which is a yeah pretty interesting uh fact about the card so it
1: can it can't deal what we- damage to face exactly. unless you give it overwhelm somehow so yeah,
0: so I am interested to see. It's pretty cool, you know, like a one cost deal three damage, uh two deal three damage is always a pretty exciting spell, but we'll see. We'll see. Cause at first when I thought you could interact with hunt, I was like, this is going to be so powerful and make the hunt card so much worse. But uh now I'm like a little bit more mixed about how early you'll pick this is a double fire card.
1: Um but
0: yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is interesting that Hunt just doesn't have a response window.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I think Ignite's gonna be one of the premier removal spells of the set, though. Yeah, then, just oh, sorry. Key break point to focus on.
0: Exactly. Yeah. D- oh, definitely. Uh, another card I wanted to mention, and just to this is solely just to point out how there's just like a lot of powerful cards in this format. Um, they spoiled a card called Canyon Lurker, which is a time common. So this is a six cost time time five five with ambush. Talk about cards you don't have to play around. This what is, a big
1: lizard! Yeah,
0: know, this is gonna be so frustrating to attack. <laughs>
1: oh my
0: gosh! This is the un- big
1: honking lizard is in your way no I, I mean, obviously that, that- going to be off yeah yeah so but i
0: i just think it, it's like just seeing this card and imagining this in unleashed is just like m- mind-blowing it's just like wow the cards are just so powerful and so much more on rate than
1: yeah um, this actually blocks pretty much everything from unleashed yeah it's crazy it's so big it's <laughs> like, crazy i can't believe i'm not. to this is
0: no, in fury, as a card for me personally,
1: <laughs> I'm like we're both I, probably gonna get got by it. Given yeah. how much I've been gotten by Praxis Duster already, yeah, I know. Yeah, he got me today. Though.
0: Yeah, I mean Praxis Duster is a little more justifiable because, like, sometimes you just can't do anything about Praxis Duster. Uh But like the sort of the OG in this category the the four cost three three that wasn't practice that,
1: cold recruiter the cl- one of the yeah. classics
0: it's just like never my opponent passes with four power and i'm like oh well lucky me free to attack every time <laughs> yeah same uh the
1: yeah. actual classic in this case is scorpion wasp
0: yeah and this is even worse, because every this kills everything. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> then uh, there is a, a pretty crazy card, in a sense. I mean, it's expensive. It's a Spellcraft card um, called Stormwatcher. It's 3 Primal Primal. It's a zero five 5 with Aegis. And then it has Spellcraft Play Hailstorm.
1: Um, you know, so seven. This cost- is my first time seeing this card, Jeeves.
0: Yeah. So it's a seven cost Hailstorm. Kind of expensive. But it doesn't kill itself, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, so we'll see how many X3s there are, you know, by, by the time we get to uh, turn seven. But, you know, like the, the fact that this is. Possibly a playable card. Um, You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like a three cost 05. is not great. I mean, this is Aegis. You can put weapons on it. So it does have uses. But then it also plays a removal spell. Mm -hmm. Seems pretty, possibly pretty good.
1: And upon that, we don't even know if there's Spellcraft Matters cards in this set. Yeah like if you can make this spellcraft cheaper, if you get a bonus upon spellcrafting this, it would be even better.
0: And then uh, then just to go along, this is our only rare we're talking about, but I did want, I do think we need to keep it in mind, is uh, so far they've previewed (laughs) one other sort of mass sweeper. (coughs) Excuse me and that is Rift Disaster. This is a five justice, so single influence, so definitely splashable uh, spell, and it says kill all units. Each player draws a card if they had a unit with five attack or more killed this way.
1: Uh, I'm curious about this. Does it repeat if you have multiple units with five attack or more for the player?
0: No, it's just like if you had five five attack units, you would Still, just draw one card this way. Oh, is my impression, but it's just a way cool. to to help. You know, alleviate. The, I don't know. It it's just in. It's just. I mean, I think you should just mostly think of it as a harsh roll. Yeah, easier to cast harsh roll, and that's something you always need to pay attention to, especially because
1: especially if you if what you said was true, yeah. if they're just. Drawing one card for like three Canyon lurkers going down. That's sick. Yeah. Great deal for you.
0: And it's just rare, so um, you know, we've had this effect at rare and um legendary. So this one's just rare. So
1: you know We've I- actually had this effect at uncommon once, but it cost a nine. Right. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet spell. Um <laughs> that sure was a spell
0: uh yeah i yeah i played that in uh i played that in some constructed
1: decks but, <laughs> but... or did it cost eight? i think it was buffed to eight.
0: it might have been buffed to eight i think at nine it was like pretty unplayable and then at eight it became a little bit more playable uh obviously yeah yeah anyway yeah so i think that's all the cards i wanted to talk about we talked about quite a lot uh you know a lot of these are out in the preview event though not all the cards we discussed are in the preview yeah. event they kind of picked a
1: selection of spoiled cards so far um but yeah the preview towards event's... a later end we talked about cards that weren't in the preview event yes um
0: but yeah pretty the preview event's been pretty fun i think it's you know, I think the one thing you got to keep in mind with these preview events is they are not always indicative of how the the format will actually play out. Um, you know, it's like uh I think the most classic example of this is maybe it was uh set 10 where it had the lurking drone which was the justice uh O2 flyer
1: drifting
0: drone. Drifting drone.
1: Oh my Gosh, where, that brings back memories. <laughs> yeah,
0: where you could, you know, because there's four packs of it, so you could get like four of them in a deck, and then you put a weapon on it, and then it gained lifesteal, and then you could just take over a game. And then yeah. people were just like <laughs> primed, and so then the first week of the real format everyone is still trying to force that deck and then you're like
1: oh when you and it actually kind of stinks yeah exactly and so you got to
0: keep that in mind with these you have to
1: be aware of what's actually leaving yeah and, and what came in um
0: but I think I think the preview format is definitely worth trying and playing around with uh it's definitely high powered right now especially with these bot packs I think still in there but the yeah. new cards have played really great. It's been a breath of fresh air to play, like I said, to play a format where you're just like with a lot of powerful cards in it and having to make some really tough cuts. Um, and I feel like I'm really rusty and I'm I'm like not cutting the right cards or I'm making the wrong choices because I'm just like so excited about these different powerful cards
1: I have. Oh, that's completely fair. Um, so. I'm excited too.
0: All right. Well, I I think uh, unless you have anything else you want to say, uh, that might be the end of the show here.
1: Mm hmm. Are we going to shout out the people that have drafted this format? What do you mean? People have gotten seven wins win lists in this format. Oh, yes.
0: I yeah. We're we're figuring that out. That's uh, we we don't quite have uh, all of that stuff. With this being, you know, like a pilot episode for doing draft content on uh, this podcast, we saw some kinks, some kinks <laughs> yeah. were working out. Um, but we're trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out a good way to get a spreadsheet going again for this new format because that kind of fell by the wayside. And I really... I'm trying to figure out a way to automate that. If anyone out there who listens to this has a great solution or wants to program say um a Discord bot that will scrape our 7 win channel and put that in a spreadsheet, uh, I would not be against that. Um but Dang, I, that sounds sick. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Uh cuz you know, we kind of as this format got stale we and we stopped recording uh, draft. The Unleashed episodes. format. Yeah.
1: Not the behemoths of Sarah. Yeah, exactly.
0: The Unleashed format. You know, the spreadsheet kind of fell off, but, you know, people were still posting a ton of deck lists. So I do want to maybe not shout out every single person that has posted a deck list in the last four months, uh, but I, I do want to finish that spreadsheet so we can say one last goodbye and see mm-hmm. just how truly powerful uh, Skycrag was. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: um, I would like to get that going again for this new format because it's always I think helpful to see like what cards and what factions are doing well um, especially mm-hmm. early on but we don't have a great way to do that now but that—that that is something I hope we can get uh, up and running again.
1: Alright, that's all that was on my mind really. Alright, cool. Be- besides well, other cards but you know. Yeah. Uh I don't want to take a much more episode here.
0: Yeah, well thank you so much for coming on. Uh this has been uh, great. Uh Tempest Dragon, I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah,
1: this was a blast.
0: Um yeah, well, we're going to have a few more of these going forward. I have uh the ever elusive uh friend request uh of Fiendish uh is possibly coming on to record an episode. Uh, <laughs> so th- i think that'll be exciting because uh they have drafted a lot they're clearly a very good player making it to yeah. the world, uh, world championships
1: so i'll be excited yeah to i, I haven't quite made it i know yeah i'm trying but i haven't made it
0: well hopefully <laughs> hopefully uh we all get another chance <laughs> this year
1: yeah i think we'll get another chance i don't think the world championships dying quite yet yeah i hope i'm i know there was some doubt that last year was the last year last time it was gonna be but i think they're fine yeah and hey there was doubt there would be
0: another set and here we are right
1: Oh, I knew there was going to be another set. Yes, I think there's going to be at least another five sets after this. Uh, I I hope so,
0: especially if they're all as so far fun and exciting as this. I'm uh, I'm just yeah, excited yeah. with having some good cards again <laughs> and mm-hmm. some pretty cool mechanics. Like we said, uh, Hunt has played really well. Versatile has played really well. So hopefully,
1: it doesn't go for another seven months. So yeah, i uh even the t- even the greatest set has trouble going through seven months.
0: Yes, 100% agree. All right. Um, and then for those who are not part of our patron- Patreon, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash farmingeternal. It is a way to support the show. We have a bunch of wonderful patrons who do support it. So if you would like to check that out, uh, please do. It helps keep the show running. Um, and it's really appreciated, uh, helps, uh, helps with server costs and, uh, motivation and, uh, yeah, cool. Well, have a good night, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.